Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcaster. I'm your host, Manpreet, aka MMA Lock of the Night. And your boy on Twitter at MMALOTN. I'm just going to soak this in for a little bit. I got the hat. I got the. I still got goosebumps. I'm not over the high of this whole Raptors thing that's going on over here. And I know a lot of you probably aren't Raptor fans. But I'm dedicating at least a solid minute to the champions of the world. I must. I must. We got the king in the north, Kawhi Leonard doing his goddamn thing. Marcus all going crazy at the parade yesterday. Ugh. Bet your ass I had this fucking on repeat the entire way to the subway while I was chugging four fucking tall cans. Oof. I'm gonna just I'm gonna turn it down a little bit so we can get this conversation started. But you guys are here for uh, we got uh, UFC fucking I don't even know what's going on right now. <laughs> UFC I'm so encaptured by the moment right yeah. now. This song just brings it out of me. <laughs> we got UFC Greenville going down this weekend. Korean Zombie against Hanato Moikano. Great fight. But we're gonna kick this off with the casuals. So. I got no fights this time. Sorry. Let's bring that shit to an end so I can get into this conversation. I was really into that. I was feeling yeah, it. We got man. a solid minute and a half out of that. So I'm, I'm good. It's intense. It's, I'm it's good. a big thing going it's on. It's a right? big thing yeah. going on. All right. So instead of showing uh, Big Rob a clip this week, I'm actually going to be going with um, a little bit of a discussion. Okay. Uh, so let's let's set the scene. Okay. Yesterday. Yep. Could not the night before yesterday. I could mm-hmm. not sleep. Sunday night, I could not sleep. Super excited to go to the yeah. parade. Oh, big! I was I was so excited. I, I I'm like, all right, I'm I'm not going to work. I normally go f- to work for like six thirty a.m. But I was still up at like six thirty. Like, <laughs> oh shit! All right, let's fucking. Yeah. All right, I gotta I gotta fucking start get the pre drink going. I gotta get ready. Yeah. I gotta meet my boys downtown at eight thirty a.m. Yeah. So I had two hours to get downtown. Once mm-hmm. I woke up, just jittery, fucking, just so ecstatic. Uh. Walk down to the subway. It takes about a 20-minute walk. Again, like I said, chugged four tall cans. I was yeah. shit-faced by the time I got to the subway. <laughs> got downtown, sparked a J. Mm. Uh, ended up walking the wrong way for about 10 minutes or so <laughs> until realizing that I'm at Queens Park when I should be going the other way, trying Ooh. to get to Nathan Phillips Square. Shoot. <clears throat> and uh, I get there, and I finally meet up with my boys. Okay. And I got to go take a piss because yeah, what happened before the subway, right? Everybody goes yeah. to that. She got to drain the main vein. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, after I got done with the washroom, I could not find my boys. I could not find them uh, at all. There's no reception, you know, with that many people being dude, around. Dude, for sure, it's it's impossible to communicate. The, the, all the all the signals are fucked yeah. up, pretty much, right? It, it can't handle Nothing the load. was getting through. Every yeah. now and then, I would get something, but yeah. it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So I left my house at seven thirty. Okay. My phone died by eleven a.m. Somehow. You know why? Because it can't connect to the network because there's too many people. So it's trying to connect, trying to connect, trying to connect. You and just draining the battery. The battery I should have just fucking stopped any of the messages I was trying to send out. Or just so turn it on airplane mode, yeah. When my phone got to like 10%, I texted my brother. I'm like, yo, I'll call you guys after this is done and then we'll we'll mute back up. Okay. You guys enjoy wherever the fuck you are. I'm going to enjoy wherever I am. I was alone yeah. at that point. Okay. I ended up meeting some girl that like was just standing in front of me. Okay. Uh, I just accidentally kept bumping into her because people behind me just kept moving. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, eventually she goes, I know that it's you that's continuously bumping me. It's totally fine. Just, I'm like, I know I'm just trying to do the best I can. I'm just trying to hold my fucking, yeah. hold it right now. Right? Yeah. It's all good. And then we just ended up talking. It was just, it was just hilarious being with somebody else who also lost her friends. Mm-hmm. So she goes, yeah, yeah, I texted her. I told her I'll be there after too. Um, anyway, 
Uh, they're scheduled to be there. The parade's supposed to end at the rally point, which is where I was, at 12.30 uh, p.m. Okay. Uh, they did not show up until 3.30 p.m. Holy shit. So we were standing there for, at least me, I was standing there for a solid five hours in the same spot. They sung the national anthem at like 1 p.m., 1.30 p.m. And we're like, all right, shit's kicking off. Yeah. We're doing this. Nothing for another half hour. Then fucking these jets fly over. Ooh. They do like the air show thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard it. It's like three flyovers. That's yeah. all it was. And then loud. Uh, another whatever. Another solid hour, hour and a half goes by. All they say is like the Raptors will be here soon. Yeah. The Raptors will be here shortly. They the just, Raptors yeah. will be here momentarily. <laughs> like. Okay, at least give us a time yeah, update. Yeah, yeah. They're barely even showing us what's going on at the parade either. They have three giant screens there. There's they show glimpses of like, oh, this is Mar- Marcus All talking to a reporter, or this is oh. blah 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 talking to a reporter on the bus. I'm like, all right, cool, that's cool. But why are you blacking it out in between those times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're leaving the entire crowd in the dark, and nobody can get reception to figure out what the fuck is going on totally. either. So. Like, I was on a huge high. Like, everybody's going crazy. Every Let's go Raptors. We the North. Like, it was just so fucking fun. So everybody's much. just vibing out. They're playing music, so that was great, too. Uh, and then, yeah, 3.30 rolls around. They finally announced, like, the, the you know, guests of honor, Justin Trudeau, okay. uh, the mayor, who yeah. got booed the fuck out of yeah, the I town. Heard, that was hilarious, yeah. dude. I've never heard no, it, it was so the mayor loud. or was it premier? Uh, fucking Doug Ford. Yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that. I heard. That was hilarious, bro. <laughs> Like I've never, and it was so long too. They waited for the booze to stop before they introduced the next person. Oh, it was so fucking jokes. Uh, and then they start introducing the Raptors, the head coach. Mm-hmm. This is starting five. You know, okay. Kawhi gets the biggest. When Kawhi Leonard, I don't know if you know who that guy is. He's the pretty I heard much his name before. He's pretty much the star player of the Raptors. Okay, who got traded here this season, but has an option to become a free agent now that this season is done. So. We gambled hard on him, right? But he's like pretty much the best player in the league right now. Mm. We got him. We got a title. We won a championship, first ever championship. We won, and now we're trying to like convince him to stay. Yeah. So he won the title with San Antonio Spurs a couple years ago. Okay. And a hundred thousand people showed up to their parade. Did you hear the estimates of what were what was in Toronto? I, I heard these numbers. I, I, I two million. Yeah, <laughs> two million. So twenty times of what he felt in San Antonio, he felt in Toronto. He's big time, right? How insane is that? Uh, so yeah, when he came on stage as well, they had a fucking propeller plane flying over. Okay, that had King in the North. Oh, like a giant King no, of the yeah, North yeah, yeah. And it was specifically for him. For him. Or I think it was King of the North. I yeah, sure. Either way, everybody just keeps proclaiming him King of the North, King of the North. We're like, we're trying to suck his dick to stay in Toronto <laughs> stay. right now. Yeah. Stay, bro. Give us don't another leave. title. Yeah. yeah, don't leave. Back to back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, yeah, there's so many funny clips I'll show okay. you afterwards. Uh, and then uh, this is where everything fucking goes downhill. 10 minutes after Kawhi Leonard comes out. Okay. Less than 10 minutes after Kawhi comes out. I feel this rush of fucking people coming towards me. Like, it was like, like a way, bro. Like, pushing. Like, oh. go this way. Go this way. You could just hear screaming. I was like, what the fuck? I tripped the fuck out. Like, I thought it was somebody that got into a fight or something, right? Oh. I thought people were just overreacting. People were just pushing each other yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah, So I got slightly outside of Nathan Phillips Square, but still, like, in the vicinity. Okay. And then I the shit started to die down a bit. Okay. And then there was another giant rush that, like, pushed me, like, so far back. And it was fucked, dude. Like... You could see kids just like lost and shit. Like you can see, yeah, separation. They must be crying. It freaking was out. fucked, dude. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't even say anything. Like if yeah. 
if there was somebody that I was holding on to something, I was just saying, I just kept saying, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. That's yeah. all I kept saying. I, could, I couldn't think of anything else to say. I was like, I don't want to say traumatized because that's too harsh of a word, mm. but I was very fucking tripped out. Yeah. I was very yeah. tripped out. You're going to, um, you're going to remember this for the rest of your life. Yeah. Let's just say Everything, it had an impact. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> so <clears throat> during the entire time that we were waiting for the Raptors to show up, yeah. uh, people were letting off fireworks. Oh, right. So like yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. could hear the fireworks and then Go you could off. see like the, like it was just those yeah. pussy ass small yeah, fireworks, yeah, yeah, right? Like, bomb. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you see like gold green or something yeah, like that, right? Uh, Sparkles and shit. But then... Like, the more that I thought about it, the last, like, couple that I heard, I'd never really noticed a sparkle or anything. Yeah. So it probably could have been that. I can't, like, in my mind, I was, think about this. Like, I was coming down from being drunk right yeah. in the morning. I was coming down from being ripped still. Yeah. So, like, I'm still trying to piece everything together in my head. But in terms of, like, the time that the swarm happened compared to the time where I heard those firecrack-ish noise, maybe yeah. a gunshot noise. Right. I didn't really piece together you how much didn't time didn't connect the, the dots with that. Yeah, Bro, I was... So my phone, my phone was dead right. four hours before that happened. Right, uh, and they closed down pretty much all the subway stations. Really, like like just shut in a, a solid amount around Union Station because of okay. overcrowding. Okay. okay, so I had to walk maybe half an hour from uh, Nathan Phillips Square. Okay. to get to like muse- I think I believe it was Museum Station. Okay, and then just took the fucking subway there back up north to my place in Vaughan, and then just walked home. I was, oh I was God. dehydrated. Yeah. I was fucked up. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I have no yeah. idea what even happened. On the way from Nathan Phillips Square to the subway, I heard just so many glimpses of conversations people were having about what happened. I heard there was a stabbing. I heard there was a girl that got shot. I heard there was four people that got shot. I heard, oh. like, it was just different, different things that I was hearing as I was leaving. Because I was yeah. walking alone, too. I had nobody with me. Right, right. I didn't know where the fuck my brother and them went. <sighs> so I fucking, like, it was... It was nuts. And then when I finally got home, my girl was pissed. <laughs> my grandma, where were you? I heard there was a shooting. Where were you? I'm like, just chill out. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, she's I'm good. I'm here. I know. She was like, she was, yeah, Matt, whatever. Anyway, I'm sure all the people with significant others out there understand what the fuck she's going through. Yep. Regardless, uh, I charged up my phone and then I quickly check. I'm like, all right, yo, this is what happened. Mm. I don't know if you've seen the CP24's video of the disbursement. Yes. I watched it a few times and it moved very quickly very 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 quickly i can't believe people like like people did get trampled but i, I thought it would be like, like i it, 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 i felt like if i had a misstep, I so gone trampled. no bro. <laughs> dude i i felt like if you did have a misstep on your part oh, you yeah. were gonna get trampled totally i didn't see anybody get trampled okay good a lot of people just got pushed a lot of people's yeah. stuff got because people had bags on the floor yeah. and stuff so that shit got trampled uh but like it, it was it was kind of scary. The scarier, the scariest part about it was just the kids and the parents looking for the kids and stuff. Oh, that was up. the scariest part. Other than that, like everybody was kind of just tripping out. Some people were trying to downplay it. They're like, mm. "Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing." I'm like, "There's something." Yeah, it was something. I'm not even gonna lie. The one thought that went through my head this, after the second swarm, yeah. terrorists. Yeah, like, some sort of terrorism shit. Sometimes I'm like, shit. "Yo, this might be like some machine gun, AK-47 shit, shooting, yeah. whatever." Yeah, you that's, never know, man. It didn't go through my head the first swarm, but the mm. second swarm. Yeah, I'm like, okay, if it's still going, and something's fucked up. Something's happening. Something's up. So like, I just beeline like as yeah. quickly as i could i'm like i'm out of here i don't want to deal with this shit and i was passing some big screens that they set up on the roads okay they kept the show going on like nothing happened mm. the, that kind of tripped me out at first but then when i looked online at the cp24 yeah. video uh once you see the disbursements of the crowd it's like before the the toronto sign right Everything after the Toronto side, nobody really realizes mm. that anything's going on. I think I just killed the power no, server. Okay. But um, 
uh, I think it 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 was just so far, right? Yeah. There was a lot of people. There was a lot of noise, and then even the people on the stage didn't really even realize what the fuck was going on. Nobody so knew. It was kind of in the real far back, so I completely understand that aspect of it. But like, have you ever been in anything where you're like, my life is possibly a danger right now? Uh, I I don't think. I mean, I've I've felt that in like when I've been camping in isolated areas, and I felt like you know certain times like this could be dangerous and my life could be a danger because there's no one there to help me but but i i want to ask you that on on that aspect like like i I, I, like all these people um so tightly packed together did you feel because i've been there for new year's i've done that i couldn't (laughs) i couldn't even lift my arm and scratch my nose that's how pressed i was up to the next person were you able to do that like was it it was shoulder to shoulder yeah yeah um I felt comfortable-ish, especially like we with me kind of getting to know the person in front of me. Okay, so like we're like we're nice. kind of in this together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Eventually, two of her friends eventually found her. Okay. So it was like four of us. So we kind of felt like we had a little bit of real estate. Sure. Where sure. we could like eat, like we even tried like squatting down just to rest our legs yeah. and our knees because standing for so long, right? Of course. So we kind of were just like a barricade for each other. So okay, it felt decent. Like if you're claustrophobic, you would probably probably be fucked. Okay. Uh, the girl said she was actually like like behind the Toronto sign, so she was even close to closer to the stage but it was too much for her yeah. so she had to leave I'm like alright cool even my brother said my brother told me eventually after that they left the inside of it too because it was just too crazy like yeah 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 there was wow, fuck there was a, a medical emergency like pretty much right before the guys came out mm. uh, I think it was just maybe heat exhaustion because people lots, were roasting lots of heat exhaustion and dehydration I hear yeah tons I was kind of lucky without even knowing it we were in the shade yeah. Like until I really start to see people start to sweat and leave and mm-hmm. like people looking fucked up. I'm like, oh, we're in the shade right now. Because uh, you've been to Nathan Phillips recently? Yeah. Like, you know, the, the bordering like walkway they have. Right. Yeah. It creates, creates yeah. shade. So right at the end of it, like I was like right there. So I was good okay. with the shade. We just stayed. We're like, there were opportunities to move up. We're like, ah, we're nah. cool. We're cool. We're cool. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> so that was fun, man. Would, like, did, was it like a line or was it like people just randomly moving around? And it was Wherever like a you want to go. Okay. Cool. If you can get to a space, you can get to it. Yeah, I felt that way too. Like if you're trying to leave, it was almost impossible. Like it takes yeah. a while, yeah. you know. Like it took me forever to get back. Dude, I had to piss so bad <laughs> when I met up with my boys. I feel so bad. Like I even apologized to them after too. I'm like, yo, I really got to piss and I doubt I'm going to see you guys after yeah. again. Yeah. You have a flag, wave your flag and maybe I'll find you, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I went to this fucking... Uh, I asked a cop and the cop told me to go to this ghost station that was just up the street. I don't know which ghost station it was. It was closed. And but the door was open, so I went in and they had stairs to go downstairs to go where the washroom was. But they had it sanctioned off. Like fuck this shit. I'm gonna piss my pants right now. I fucking pushed that shit to the side. Yeah. Went downstairs. I made a video of it. It was so disgusting and scary. Everything was dark. I had my phone light on. That was the only thing that was on. And all the toilets were like full of shit. Like looked like nobody's been down there in years. People were probably there. It was like like I felt creeped out. I felt like if I was about to get murdered, that was a spot. Yeah, you (laughs) nobody would have found me either. Nobody would have found me. Scary. For a solid however long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great time, uh, up until that point. I mean, like I, that kind of ruined the day for me. Like that day, Mm. I just felt completely out of it. Like the rest of the day, I didn't do shit. Like I, I'm like, I'm, I can't, like I was supposed to study a bit too, to like wash up on this. Wasn't even able to do that. But 
I got out of it after. Like, I kind of slept it off. Yeah. Now, now I'm reflect. like, I was looking back at like the videos and pictures that I was able yep. to take before everything went down. Mm-hmm. And I had fun, man. Yeah. I'll show you afterwards as well. It's great. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to actually post some in this video uh, at the end of it as well. Cool. So you guys can like check that out as well. It's going to be, you know, some cool shit. That was maybe all the way up until about 11 o'clock, 1030 ish. And then my fucking Google Pixel 2 crapped out on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I should have put so, batteries wait, wait, wait. quicker. You got there. And then you stayed for a while, but then you left and went home and then you came back? No, nah, bro. I got there 8.30. No, I, I got off the subway at 9, met up with my friends around 9.30, had to go to the washroom around 10, and then 10.30 I got to the spot roughly where I nah, stayed I understand. Okay. the entire way. Yeah. Okay, and, that, yeah. and that's where you They had porta-potties yep. at the Nathanville yep. Square, but it was... Disaster. You're waiting two hours to take a piss. Really? Okay, I believe, two hours. But, but no, but I believe hour he, and I, half. I, I, at least there's a lineup, huge line. Over an hour for yeah, sure. Like yeah. it, it did not budge for 15 minutes. That I stood, oh stood there. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go find some random ass place. Wow. And yeah, that made me lose my brother in them, but it's all good. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. What a, what a trip. What a, what an experience. Like a one of a lifetime kind of things, man. Oh, fuck. Like I hope we get to do this again. Like I hope the Raptors win in the next several years or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but man, me too. Next time I would go to where they started the parade. Okay. Which was an okay. exhibition place. That's where they have like their training facility. Can you just follow them? You can follow them, but there was a like huge following, huge crowd, massive. like massive crowds. Mm. That's what ended up being the holdup for the parade was yeah. the fact that they had to keep clearing the streets. Yeah, Move. they didn't they didn't clear the streets <laughs> properly for the fucking things to come through. Oh my god, that's how many people there were. Was, I, I thought everybody was going to show up in Nathan Phillips Square. There's going to be yeah. a decent amount of people along the route. Nope, everybody was there. There was a lot more people than I thought that would be there. Oh, honest to God. insane amount, mm-hmm. bro. So next time I'll probably start off at their the kickoff point, and then if any bullshit goes down, at least I'll be far from it. <laughs> we'll get you a drone too, so you can find your friends. <laughs> I have some videos of like the buildings surrounding them, people okay. standing on the top of the buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High, high buildings, really high standing. Up. Yeah, yeah. There's one being constructed, and you can see just the orange vest of the construction workers okay. at like the top, just looking down and shit. It's so nuts, dude. <laughs> so crazy. It was, no, it was I didn't know we had that experience. many people in the city, man. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck. It was nuts. I, the, the girl that was in front of me was from Oshawa. Her friends came down from Kingston. Cool. Another family that I met was from like London, Ontario. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. People came from all over the place. I bet they even drove from like Montreal or flew in from Vancouver. Oh, or for sure. People came from all over the place. So I it's where they parked and stuff. I, I, it must have been... An- my brother told me he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna go uh, drive to Nathan Phillips Square and I'll park there." I'm like, "Shut the fuck yeah, up!" Yeah, right. Yo, what are you gonna go at fucking twelve hours before? Yeah, you gotta go now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? he's like, all right, "All right, I'll take the go bus." So, all right, fuck. I'm of course, like, right, you better, bitch. Like, oh, you're not man. getting out of this shit. Like, even the subway was so. I like sardines in a can, dude. Like, dude, I work right near Union Station, and I okay. was supposed to go to a meeting that day. Fuck and I was like, no, <laughs> not way. happening. I felt the worst for the commuters, though. Yeah, the commuters were yeah. like, oh, I think a lot of people home. called in sick though because or uh, because sure. I, that day seemed like there was like no Nothing emails at work going yeah. on. It seemed like there was no phone calls. It seemed like I, they should have yeah. just made it a holiday. Let's be fucking real. It, it might voluntary just turn into holiday. A, yeah, voluntary <laughs> holiday. You want to take, shut down the city? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to get paid for d- today, and you just want to go see these guys. Yeah. Go for it. Totally. Dude. It would be better if it was a stat holiday, but <laughs> it would be pretty badass. Maybe it will be in the future. That's that's my goal as prime minister to become prime minister. Whenever a, like a major team wins a title, yeah. stat holiday. You get stat. paid, go to the parade, yeah. do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> God damn, love it, man, dude. I oh, it was a great time, but yeah, up until then it was what a trip, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> you can only imagine. 
All right, fuck. Thanks. No I problem. Pre- I, I wanted to I wanted to let it out, but I wanted to like share it with a lot of people I love too, it. right? I love so it. I hope you guys enjoyed the fucking story. I'm not I don't have PTSD. I'm good. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm chilling. Uh but it was definitely a, a surreal experience to say the least. So, uh just one last time. Let's yeah. just finish off with the champs. And you're going to have to stare at my beautiful new avatar. Thanks to my man, LV, at LW underscore MMA, I believe it is. I'm going to have to quickly look that up because for some reason he keeps changing up his fucking Twitter handle. He may have not changed it in a little while, but I every time I look at it, I feel like it's different. I will, I will give you a shout out very shortly, but I had to I had to commemorate the Raptors with this one. So you're going to see this fucking avatar until the next NBA champion is crowned. Even if the Raptors are eliminated from the playoffs, I don't give a fuck. We have a full year to gloat and be happy. And we are the motherfucking champions. All right. <laughs> Let's fucking get this show on the road. <laughs> Aren't you guys happy I got the timestamp at the bottom? Because whatever you guys may have just skipped was hilarious and great. So, boo you guys. All right. Like I said off the top of the show before I we got into this whole debate uh we're going to be going over ufc greenville this week which is headlined by hanato moikano and korean zombie uh before the last time or sorry since the last time i spoke to you guys we had two events um and i will go over them relatively quickly um so i had 1.5 units on marlon marais to defeat henry suhudo we all know what the fuck went down there. You know, Marlon Marais seemed like he was unbeatable in that first round. In the second round, something switched to Henry Cejudo. He made the perp- perfect adjustments, getting into boxing range, landing on Marlon Marais, and then uh, pretty much just overwhelming him. And then it seemed by the end of that round that Marlon Marais had kind of shot his load. Excuse me. <clears throat> it seemed like Marlon Marais had shot his load by that by that point, and then Cejudo just took over. So I, I felt like Marais was... Uh, I felt like Marais was very, you know, it, it was it was a good shot there, uh, a one point five unit shot at one point eight odds, uh, minus one thirty something. I don't know why the fuck I have this not logged in. I, I I don't know what the fuck UK odds are. It trips me out all the time. If it's like one point something, obviously it's the favorite. But then let me let me get you guys those fucking legit odds. It's been like two weeks since that event's too, so bear with me, fellas. All right, uh, yeah, minus 125, 1.5 units. So I uh, took an L there. Next up, it was uh, Tony Ferguson. Uh, I went two units deep on him at minus 132. I kind of wish that I went a little bit more too. You know, the, that first round kind of went uh, worst case scenario. You know, we know Tony Ferguson is a slow starter. Uh, Donald Soroni is a bit of a slow starter as well. Uh, however, uh, you know, Soroni was able to capitalize this round. Uh, and then in the second round, we saw why Tony Ferguson is the fucking man. You know, he's able to turn it up in these, in these, in these spots, uh, overwhelm his guys. Uh, I think you know, Cerrone was definitely going on to lose. I don't want to definitely, I don't want to count out uh, Dad Cerrone. Uh, so, you know, does he deserve a third round? AKA, does he deserve a rematch? I don't know. I'm not completely behind that yet. Uh, but I would rather see Tony Ferguson fight for a title. Let's be real. That's what everybody wants to see. So hopefully Khabib can get uh, quick work of, uh, can make quick work of Dustin Poirier in September and then get a quick turnaround in December and uh, have a year-end show where he faces off with Tony Ferguson because that must happen. 
right? <laughs> it must fucking happen. Uh, next up, I had one unit at plus 133 on Ricardo Lamas. Uh, yeah, he's definitely got nothing left on the feed. I thought I thought his, his stand-up was going to be enough to kind of, uh, you know, keep it at par with Kelvin Qatar, but then I thought his grappling would be the, the benefactor here for, for Lamas, but he was a, he was not able to implement it, unfortunately, and Kelvin Qatar uh, continues to show why he's such a stud in the stand-up realm and a stud as a fighter, so I'm looking forward to what comes uh, up for him. You know, unfortunately, lost for him to Moicano a couple fights ago, uh, but it looks like he's back in his groove, so, uh, you know, big ups to all the Calvin Cater betters there. I probably should have taken the, the shot on Cater there, but uh, I was very I was very convinced by Ricardo Lamas's veterancy and his grappling uh, advantage here that I believed he had. Uh, however, he was just not able to hold it together on the feet, and he catches the L. Next up, I had 1.25 units on uh, Joanne Calderwood at minus 102. Uh, super close fight. You know, um, I don't remember it too well, to be honest. It's been a while now, uh, but I felt like it was going to be a close fight. That's what it was. Uh, and unfortunately, we take a minus 1.25 unit loss there. My lock of the night play. Some bullshit. Uh, Bevin Lewis and Darren Stewart not sure how that fight ended up going to a decision I thought that Bevin Lewis was going to be a little bit more consistent with his attacks um, and I didn't realize that Darren Stewart uh, was going to come in with that game plan either so I was expecting these guys to kind of get a you know, Darren Stewart early KO Bevin Lewis later KO with a little bit more pace um, however just couldn't get it going uh, so minus 5 units there uh, next up uh, I had a parlay as well with uh, Yan Xiaonan. You know, she's a beast. I, I love this chick. I think this she's going to be a, a trouble for a lot of girls. It's unfortunate that her, uh, you know, countrywoman in uh, Wiley Zhang is going to be fighting for the title and possibly becoming the new strawweight champion, in my opinion. Uh, and we might have a China versus China China battle. Uh, I'm not sure if they train together or anything like that because I'm not sure how big the MMA community is over there in China. Uh, but both these girls are headed to the top, you know, and it's interesting that they're both Chinese fighters. Uh, next up to close off that parlay was Aljamain Sterling to beat uh, Pedro Munoz. Uh Minus 130, you know, I, I was highly considering taking it straight. However, I thought that Zhao Nan was a, a pretty much a shoe-in in this fight. Uh, and she did what she needed to do to win that fight. So I had 1.5 units at plus 2.81 units. Uh, so that was a great hit. And then I also had Shevchenko. I, I fucking wish I hit this line a little bit harder now too. Like I was very surprised that uh, the line was where it was. Shevchenko inside the distance, minus 102. I wish I fucking hammered that. You know, a lot of people want to say that Valentin Shevchenko is a point fighter and all that. Yes, kind of. You know, she does like to fight to a decision at most times. But when she has such an advantage on the feet and a girl is as slow as Jessica I. Um, you know, Shevchenko with the speed advantage, you know, with the power, with the technique, she's going to catch this guy in one of these situations. And it, she just caught her as clean as you can possibly catch somebody. And I wish I'd put more than 1.25 units on it. Regardless, I probably wouldn't have put more than, you know, 2.5 to 3 units. So I don't know. I probably would have ended up as a, a losing night regardless. So uh, that wraps up the betting for UFC uh 238 minus 3.2 units um you know unfortunate outcome there uh and then we came back the next week at bellator 222 this was a very value heavy uh card that i thought that i could capitalize on uh so we'll kick it off right at the top when even gracie had two units at plus 150 um my only regret about this bet is betting two units uh, probably one unit would have sufficed. Uh, I, maybe I read it in a little bit too much to Roy McDonald's mental uh, state, especially after that John Fitch fight. Um, 
you know, unfortunate and all there. I, I don't know what what really to say. I, I'm very, I was very impressed with Neiman Gracie leading up to this. Kind of still am. You know, Rory's jiu-jitsu is really good, especially his dis- defensive uh, grappling. Uh, however, I thought that Gracie was going to be able to, you know, kind of put on a little bit more of the fifth-round performance that he did. Uh, but he takes it out here, so that's minus two units for us. Another loss was Daring Caldwell, 1.5 units at minus 149. I was trying to make a solid unit there, guys. <laughs> uh, however, you know, Daring Caldwell gets a takedown, does absolutely jack shit with it. So it's evident, you know, the, the amount of energy he was trying to expend uh, holding Kyoji Huraguchi down uh, was keeping him from actually throwing any strikes and, you know, remaining active on top. Kyoji just got away with throwing pitter-patter shots from the top because Darian Caldwell was doing jack shit. So I was expecting the cage to be a little bit more of a factor for Darian Caldwell here, which it kind of was, but it also kind of wasn't because it gave... Horiguchi something to post up on and was able to land those shots and get into a comfortable enough position to uh, keep it where it was. So maybe the, the, the ropes were a better thing for Caldwell. Uh, however, you know, it all came down to activity and what, what damage was really done. And Kyojo Horiguchi obviously came out on the better side of that. So uh, minus 1.5 units there, which also flowed into my parlay that I had, which was uh, Juan Archuleta and uh, Darian Caldwell. I'm not going to talk about Caldwell since I just fucking broke that down but the Archuleta fight you know great great performance by him uh it would have been nice to hit that straight but I, I just love the value on uh Caldwell and I thought that it just you know Caldwell was pretty much a shoe in for the night you know we saw that he he was able to get the grappling implemented against Horiguchi the first time around and it should have been easier this time but it wasn't so in total it was minus 2.5 units on uh on Darian Caldwell uh and then uh just the minus one unit on Archuleta Caldwell. So I ended that fight, that event off minus 2.7 units. Very shitty. Uh, so, you know, uh, I was on a bit of a run. Now I'm hitting a, you know, two, two event losing streak. Well, three event, slight three event losing streak. You know, Stockholm was minus 0.64 units. Fuck you guys. <laughs> but, uh, well, we're right back at it here now. This week, <coughs> UFC Greenville, uh, Hanato Moikano versus Korean Zombie. <coughs> Sorry, guys. A little bit of a sore throat. <clears throat> All right. Uh, yeah, UFC Greenville. Zombie versus Moicano. We got John Lineker and Rob Font in the co event, which I'm very excited about. Who does not love to see John Lineker fight? Such a fucking beast. Such a monster. Uh, you know, always fun to see him in the cage. So glad he was able to replace... Uh, somebody on short notice against Rob Font. Can't recall who John Lineker replaced. Uh, not sure why I can't remember that off the top of my head. Uh, Brian Barbarina against Randy Brown. Great fight uh, for Brian Barbarina to get back into it after that Vicente uh, Luque fight of the year candidate. Um, and uh, I think it's a very favorable fight for him here against Randy Brown. Uh, Andrea Lee against Montana De La Rosa. Let's, you know, I think this is going to be a very interesting fight for uh, Andrea Lee to see if she can actually uh, get her, you know, prove that she is the the fighter that everybody believes she is. Uh, other interesting fights: the return of Matt Ryman against uh, heavy prospect uh, Luis Pena. Uh, return of the Violence Queen Ariana Lipsky against Molly McCann. <clears throat> Uh, return of Eric Spicely, if you guys are pumped about Eric Spicely. So, this is a couple fun fights. Kevin Holland as well, sorry. Had to shout out 
my man Kevin Holland, who always brings the fun fights. So there's some fun fights, uh, you know, sprinkled throughout this card. Uh, there is some value as well that I've been, you know, watching on uh, watching on these bookies and and seeing where the lines are going. So uh, I'm being patient this week. Uh, you might see a couple bets from me in the next day or two, uh, but. Uh, you know, don't be surprised if you see it not until Wayne Day where I start plugging things in. But uh, there are two bets that I'm considering for Lock of the Knights. Might play them both, uh, but we got to see what's going on with the rest of the card. I want to make sure I have some, you know, other plays in there to, to, to as worst case scenario backups. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, yeah, let's fucking get right the fuck into this card, you know. Uh, I'll get into the significance more so of these cards later. Uh, but let's kick things off right with the first car- first fight. And like I said, no slideshow this time around. I'm I'm going with the Raptors fucking logo. So y'all are just going to have to pay attention and maybe read the box that I put at the bottom of every... Uh, before I be talking about every uh, matchup. Uh, and you guys can see the odds plus current records of the fighters. So starting off, we got Andre Ewell against uh, Anderson Dos Santos. Um Dos Santos, poor guy, had to come into a, a loss into the UFC against Nad Naramani. He kind of just, you know, he got Nad Naramani. Do I have to say more? Uh, you know, decent jiu-jitsu, had an unfortunate loss to Saeed Nurmagomedov via guillotine choke. It was interesting how he got that. You know, Saeed had this beautiful clinch uh, that he uh, landed a beautiful knee uh, and then quickly just cinched up a guillotine choke, pulled guard, and torqued on it. And before anybody knew it, you know, it was... Uh, it was over. Like Said Nurmagomedov uh, uh, got the choke there. Uh, so, you know, Dos Santos won one fight after that, lost to Victor Henry, and then won three straight fights, and then lost one against Nadine Romani. So Andre Ewell is who he draws up next, who's coming off a loss to Nathaniel Wood, as well as another loss. Uh, oh, sorry, he was coming off a win off to Henry Brown. I don't know why the fuck I thought he lost two, fight, two fights in a row. Well, one of the fights that I did see of his while I was uh, taping the Bellator card was uh, Patrick Mix. Ooh. Did I skip over Patrick? Uh, yeah. Either way, I skipped over Patrick Mix in, the, in Bellator's recap. Oh, so out of it this time. I apologize, guys. Regardless, uh, you know, Andre Yo, he lost that fight to Patrick Mix way before he made his UFC debut. You know, I think it was four or five fights before he made it to the UFC. Patrick Mix showed off why he's such a beast. You know, he had a rear naked choke in that fight. And we've kind of seen the the unfortunate downfall of uh, Andre Iwo's jiu-jitsu game and his grappling game. You know, a lot of people, uh, Nathaniel Wood was able to kind of exploit that. Uh, I think he has, you know, this, this is a fight where Anderson Dos Santos should be able to capitalize with his ground. Um, you know, Ewell had a masterful game plan against Henan Barrow where he was able to pick him apart, uh, kind of outwork Henan Barrow and then wait till he got gas and then kind of just, you know, took over a little bit more with the grappling and, or sorry, with the striking. So, you know, hats off to him uh, for that performance. But he came back flat in this fight against Nathaniel Wood. You know, he got clipped in the fight and then he eventually got rear naked choke with, uh, you know, 30 something seconds left in the in the final round or 47 something seconds left. Uh, so, I gotta go with Dos Santos here. You know, he even though he's making his, uh, you know, his second walk to the cage, just as Andre Ewell is, uh, he has the experience advantage here. He has uh, Dos Santos has twenty seven fights, while uh, Andre Ewell only has nineteen. Uh, you know, how much of a gap does that? How much does that gap really matter here? I think it matters a little bit for Dos Santos because, you know, you know this guy's been all over the world fighting just absolute murderers. Uh, and I think that Andre Ewell, you know, he's been getting away with some of these, some of these victories, uh, 
it's kind of sad that you know in his 15th fight he fought this guy that was 0-1 uh regardless I, I don't want to rag on him too much for that um but yeah I'm gonna go with Anderson Dos Santos here uh, I think he's able to hang with Andre Ewell a bit on the feet but I think eventually this fight will find his way to the ground and I think that's where uh Dos Santos is going to be able to uh capitalize and get the submission victory I think I got something stuck in my throat I apologize All right, that should help. All right, baby. <laughs> All right, next up we got Darren Wynn against Eric Spicely. Eric Spicely is getting back to the UFC after uh, two fights where he's won via knockout. Wow, both of them he won via knockout against Kyle Magnaleish. Uh, last time and before that, he beat Leo Pla. Uh, he took three straight outs in the UFC, hence why he got uh, the walking papers, ACJ, Gerald Mearshart, and Darren Stewart. Um, you know, everybody thought after the Darren Stewart fight that that was kind of, you know, sayonara for him, essentially. Uh, and everybody was right. <laughs> I, I felt kind of shitty that I bet Eric Spicely pretty heavily in that fight, too. Uh, I thought that he was going to be able to get Darren Stewart to the ground and kind of just make it rudimentary and, and, and you know, Darren Story got guillotine choked by fucking Julian Julian Marquez. So uh, I thought Eric Spicy was going to be able to capitalize there. However, he was never be he was never able to get his his round game going and lost in that fight. Uh, but we do know what his game is, man. He he wants to get in there. He wants to get you to the ground. He wants to get your back and he wants to choke you out. Uh, his jiu-jitsu game is high level. I'll give him that. However, his his striking is is very uh, is very poor. Uh, in this fight against Darren Wynn, he's probably going to go be going up against a guy he's never fought or in, in this type of stature. Darren Wynn is coming in at 5'6", five, 5'5", five, five on topology, it says. I've heard 5'6", somewhere else. 71-inch reach, while uh, Eric Spicy is 6'2", with a 73-inch reach. So the reach may not be that big. However, uh, you know, just, just the size difference will be enough, and I believe the size is going to be made up in the legs too. So we can see a lot of kicks from Eric Spicy here, I think. Um, he's going to want to stay away from the hands of uh, Darren, Darren Wynn, as I think he has the power to actually put Eric Spicy out. Um, but to do that, Darren Wynn's going to really need to close the distance. He's going to be able to get, it, get his hands on him, uh, land those big shots, and then get back out. I don't know how much he really wants to, to mess with Eric Spicy's guard here. Um, you know, I, I, he's still relatively new to the MMA game. He's only 5-0. and 0, um, so, And, you know, just looking at his record, he hasn't really dealt with anybody that has, you know, super amazing jiu-jitsu. Tom Lawler, but, you know, Tom Lawler's really not been known to have much of an offensive guard, not much of a, you know... I, I would rate Eric Spicy as a higher jiu-jitsu guy than Tom Lawler. You know, I think a lot of people would agree with that. You know what, let's let's try to get some hard facts here. Tom Lawler has how many wins by submission? Let's fucking let's get to the bottom of this shit. Uh, do, 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 do. Five wins by submission for Filthy Tom Lawler out of ten wins, and Eric Spicely out of twelve wins, he should have at least yeah seven submission wins. So, you know he. Um, he he is definitely the more dangerous jujitsu guy here, so I'm not sure how long Darren Wynn really wants to stay in the stay on top. You know, he has a very crushing uh, top game. Uh, I I I I I kind of want to take a peek at Eric Spicy's last two fights. Uh, I believe that 
he, he might be live here. Uh, let's see what the odds are. I believe they just came out right before I got in. Uh, ooh, plus 245, plus 240. That's not bad. I might look at the, uh, what's what's the Spicely inside the distance is plus 350. Let's, I'm going to wait and see what the Spicely by sub is. If it's like plus 400 or something, I might take a stab at it. Because uh, obviously I think that's his only way to, to victory here. Um, but, uh, you know, Darren Wynn is a, is a stud for a reason. He's a prospect for a reason. He's been crushing his in, all of his opponents. You know, a win over Tom Lawler is not bad. It is 2018, yeah. But, you know, to get a decisive victory over a guy like Tom Lawler, who was a mainstay in the UFC for a while, uh, is very is very good for, for a guy like Darren Wynn. So he makes his UFC debut here. And, uh, I, fuck. <clears throat> I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna say Eric Spicely, man. I I can't believe I'm actually saying this. I, I believe this. The value is on Spicely. I'll fucking pick him to win too. Uh, I will look into it a little bit more this week. Um, you know, I've done just enough touch up on these guys, but I gotta see what uh, what Eric Spicely brought uh, in his in his stint in the C CES after he left the UFC. Uh, so if if I'm impressed with something like that, don't be surprised to see a, a small play on on Eric Spicely. But you know. On the Tuesday before fight week, or sorry, this Tuesday of fight week, uh, my heart's kind of saying Eric Spicy, and I'm kind of my head's kind of going with it. Uh, but that may change, you know what I mean? I gotta see how Eric Spicy really looked in CES before I can make a final proclamation. But right now, Eric Spicy by sub. Moving right on, we got Molly McCann against Ariane Lipsky. <clears throat> I'm gonna start with Molly McCann first because Ariane Lipsky really hurts me like it, it hurts to talk about her a little bit <laughs> but uh molly mccann's coming off a decision victory over priscilla cachoeira in a fight that i could only describe as huh <laughs> like it was it was so sloppy somehow in 15 minutes but it was a very sloppy fight you know cachoeira is like the zombie girl for a reason whatever they call her that and molly mccann's technique is just it's okay. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It's okay. It's not the greatest. Um, I think that Ariane Lipsky is going to have the advantage in terms of technique here. I think that she'll be able to, you know, I think she should, uh, I want to say she should be able to keep this fight on the feet, but she definitely didn't show that against uh, Joanne Calderwood. It really made her gun shy in that fight too, so it was unfortunate that we didn't really get to see the true, uh, you know, the, the true the stature that the the violence queen brings in Ariane Lipsky. Uh, but I hope that we get to see it this time around because Molly McCann is kind of a punching bag. And if Lipsky pulls the trigger, this is a fight she should easily win. Uh, with that said, I'm not ready to lay down minus 200 on her. She, like, it's 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 crazy to me that after seeing her first stint, uh, that people are so confident and rushing to better. She's up to minus 250. Damn, minus 280 at some places now. That's 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 crazy to me. Um, I'm not saying I'd bet Molly McCann at like plus two forty or whatever the fuck she's sitting at, but uh, you know, is Lipsky going to be able to dust off that rust? Is she going to be able to 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 come into her her own? You know, where she's not gun shy, where she's being the violence queen. Is she going to be able to do that? I think she will be able to, but I'm not confident enough in her to bet her at minus two eighty or minus two fifty or wherever the fuck she's at. So, in 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 total, this fight is a pass for me, but I'm going to take Lipsky to win by, uh, let's say, third round TKO, second round TKO. 
Next up, we got a fight that I'm going to quickly gloss over because we all know what the fuck's going to happen. We got Jerzino Rosenstreich versus Alan Crowder. Starting off with Alan Crowder, he's coming off his claim to fame, which is winning an illegal knee DQ fight over Greg Hardy two and a half minutes into the second round. You know, he's kind of he's kind of lucky that he lasted that long to be able to make it into the seven minute mark of the fight, uh, and then he took a way out when he could fucking find it. When he got that way out, he he fucking took it and. Um, you know, fortunate enough for him, he didn't have to take too much more punishment from Greg Hardy. So with Jerzino Rusenstruik, he's getting a guy that's going to hit probably just as hard, if not harder than Greg Hardy, and with a lot more technique. So Alan Carter needs to rush and get this fight to the feet. If she, if he's not able to get this fight to the, get, rush and get his fight to the feet, fuck, he needs to rush and get this fight to the ground if he hopes to win this fight. And if he's not able to within the first two minutes or so, I think he's going to have a lot of trouble uh, when he starts uh, striking with Jerzino, who I think is going to be able to find his chin and put Alan Crowder out. We saw what Justin Willis was able to do. You know, Justin Willis isn't a prolific knockout artist, but I think that Jerzino Ruizenstrik is definitely that. Uh, and I believe, what is he? All wins by KO. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six wins by KO. Six confirmed wins by KO um, out of seven. So, you know, I think he's coming in here to finish. As long as Alan Crowder doesn't develop some sort of crazy wrestling game, I don't think that he's going to be able to get this fight to the ground. And I think that Rosenstreich is going to continue his ascent in the heavyweight division and get another knockout victory here against Alan motherfucking Crowder. Am I going to bet it? No, because it's a heavyweight motherfucking fight. And Rosenstreich is currently sitting at... Minus 220-ish. You know what? I, I'm going to wait a little bit. If his odds continue to get better, I'll wait until maybe minus 170-ish. I highly doubt it gets there. But if it does, I will probably bet him. Let's see what it is. Rosenstreich inside the distance. Rosenstreich inside the distance. Minus 142. You know what? I might fucking hit that. I got to I gotta sit down and look at that a little bit. But I, I, I'm pretty confident that's his, that's his way to win. Rosenstreich inside the distance, minus 142. Rosenstreich wins by TKO, minus 150. So, duh, you guys already know which fucking prop to take there. Um, but I think this is going to be an easy fight for Rosenstreich. I don't even know how the fuck Alan Carter made into the UFC. However, his run stops here. He's going to be taking his walking papers after this one, in my opinion, even though the UFC should be holding on to some heavyweight fighters because they got nobody fucking going around in there. But I think they're going to get rid of him. Next up, we got Matt Wyman. The return of Matt Wyman against Luis Pena. I think Matt Wyman is going up, uh, up in a pretty stiff test here. You know, it's it's five and a half years, or sorry, four and a half years that he, it's been since he's fought. Um, I'm surprised that he's coming back. I'm surprised that he was even on their UFC roster. Um, but he's coming back to a very tough test, in my opinion. You know, Luis Pena, six and one currently, so this is going to be his eighth fight. Um, you know, very strong prospect, you know, was handed his first loss by Mike Trezano uh, in somewhat of a close fight, but I think that Pena has some work to do, uh, and I think that, you know, getting his feet wet with, with a bit of a, a veteran like Matt Wyman, uh, especially a guy who's been off for four and a half years, is probably a good step for his career. I think he needs to get his feet wet with a guy that, that's been there, done that, that's seen, you know, guys like TJ Grant, IZ Valley Flag, Dennis Seaver, Cole Miller, Mac Danzig a couple times, like, we we know he, that guy has veteran experience under his belt, and he might be able to push Luis Pena to extents that Luis Pena has never been pushed to before. Uh, however, uh, I've seen very clear uh, detriments in Matt Wyman's game that I think that Luis it favors Luis Pena very heavily. Um, you know, 
he, he was able to get control pretty easily in the clinch against Alex, Isaac Value Flag, and I think that Pena is going to have a heavy strength advantage here. I think he's decent enough on the ground too, so I don't think that Matt Wyman is going to put him into too much trouble. Uh, but I don't think it is justifiable to play to play Luis Pena higher than minus, you know, well, he's minus 370 right now. So it would take it, it would have to go down to like minus 240, minus 230-ish for me to even consider Luis Pena. Uh, and I did consider Matt Wyman earlier this week. However, after running a bit of the tape, not interested anymore. Uh, I am a violent Bob Ross believer, uh, but I am not a believer to the extent to parlay Luis Pena. Uh, so... Uh, I'm going to take Luis Pena by finisher, I'll say, first round. Uh, maybe some elbows, ground and pound. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be tough for Matt Wyman to get a victory here. Um, again, like I said off the top with breaking down this fight, Luis Pena is still, in my opinion, kind of green. You know, eighth fight, you know, third, I believe, second or third fight in the UFC. It's... He could. This is a very pivotal moment in his MMA career because if he gets a victory like this, it's going to be very good for his confidence moving forward. However, if he takes a loss here, you know it could be very detrimental in the fact that he don't he he doesn't think that he's able to do it anymore, or it's just going to be a very negative effect on him. And a guy with that much talent, physically, you know, uh, you know his fight IQ is decent. It could be better. Um, you know, it's it's very important he gets a victory here. I think he gets it done, but uh, I, I'm not betting it or parlaying it for the simple fact that he could slip up and make a mistake, and I'm not I'm not about that. Matt, Matt Wyman's jiu-jitsu is good, uh, and he could catch anybody if they make a mistake, but I think that Pena's jiu-jitsu is good enough to keep himself out of trouble. Not 100% sure if he's going to get subbed, hence why I don't want to bet it at all. So it's a pass for me in total, uh, but I'm going to take Luis Pena by finish, probably second round. I may have said first round earlier, but I'm going second round. <laughs> Next up, we got Dan Ige against Kevin Aguilar. This is another fight that I'm eyeing. I've been a big fan of Dan Ige since he came into the UFC. Unfortunate debut against Julio Arce, but since then, he's put together three straight victories, in two of which he's gotten a, uh, a finish as well. He finished Matt, Mike Santiago in 50 seconds, then he went to a decision with Jordan Griffin, and then he finished Danny Henry one minute and 17 seconds into the first round uh, with a rear naked choke. In this fight against Kevin Aguilar, he's coming with the, he's coming up against a guy that's a lot more durable in, than some of these guys he's fought. Uh, you know, I th I'd place his durability higher than Jordan Griffin's. He has a cracking chin. It's ridiculous how good, or well, cracking in a good way. Uh, you know, he's taking a lot of punishment, a lot of clean shots on the chin, but yet he's still fucking chugging. He's still going forward. So, uh, Kevin Aguilar, fucking three, six, nine fight winning streak. Last loss was to Leonard Garcia way back in 2013. And since then, he's pr pretty much been a man on a mission. He's finished one, two, three, four, four fights and then taking the next five by decision. But he's shown his 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 veteran stature. He's 17 and 1. 17 and 1. Made his UFC debut when he was 15 and or 14 and 1 after going on to the contender series. So that was crazy itself. But here he's fighting uh Dan Ige. And I think that he will have the advantage on the feet. I think his aggressiveness and uh, forward pressure is going to be a lot for Dan Ige to, to handle. Um, I think that Kevin Aguilar is going to be able to keep this fight on the feet. I don't think that Dan Ige is going to get him down. Um, you know, Dan Ige is, or sorry, Kevin Aguilar is hard to get down and keep down. I, I'm, it's, it's, from everything that I've seen 
recently, I can't recall anywhere where anybody's been able to hold him down that well. Uh, I did bet against Kevin Aguilar with Enrique Barzola, and that one, you know, kind of bit me in the ass too. You know, he was uh, he was able to keep that fight on the feet, and Aguilar pretty much punished him there. I think that's going to look similar to that. So I'm 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 definitely eyeing a play on uh, Kevin Aguilar. I'm not sure how deep I'm going to go yet, uh, but it's definitely a play that I'm very much interested in. Uh, and I think he he's very uh, you know he, he's very playable at the minus one forty ish minus one fifty ish odds that he's at. Let's see right now he's at minus one fifty ish. So I want to see if I can stick around and get him in somewhere in the minus one thirty range. I'm not you know too too mad at like you know taking my time with it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna take Kevin Aguilar probably by decision as well. You know. Uh, He'll be able to outland Dan Ige on the feet, and I believe Ige is relatively relatively tough. You know, he went full three, full three rounds with Julio Arce getting beat up on, and I think that Kevin Aguilar, you know, being as tough as he is, as much of a forward pressure fighter as he is, you know, he does lack some of the finishing ability uh, as of late, but I do think that he wins this fight with his stand-up striking. Stand-up striking. <laughs> his stand-up. Um, next up, we got Ashley Yoder against Suri Kondo. Um, this fight is a weird one. You know, I, I like, I like Ashley Yoder. Uh, it's unfortunate that her losses have come to Mackenzie Dern, Angela Hill, Justine Quiche, and Maria Rios. But in between those fights, she's shown some flashes of brilliance, in my opinion. You know, the, the Amanda Cooper fight was relatively close. You know, it's a split decision. I believe there was a 30-27 going the other way as well. Amanda Cooper was able to land some takedowns. The first one, after the first one that she landed, she didn't land too much damage. But after that, you know, the other ones that she landed, uh, Ashley Yoder was able to reverse. I think that's where Ashley Yoder's strength is, is in her grappling. Uh, but she also shows a lot of good composure when she's striking on the feet as well. She has, um, you know, a nice long straight uh, punch that she throws. I believe it's her left. So she's, um, goddamn. Uh, it's her right, sorry. So um, she has a nice long cross uh, that she was able to land continuously on a girl like Amanda Cooper, who has good boxing, r- roughly good boxing. Sherry Kondo, on the other hand, she's it's it's tough to get a complete read on her game. You know, she she likes to strike, she likes to keep the fight on the feet. Uh, she has not attempted any takedowns in her UFC career to this date, even though she got beat up on by Zhao Nanyan and uh, completely bull rushed by Poliana Botello in her second UFC fight that Chan Mijun fight was like the definition of a split decision fight like both girls would like meet at the same time throw a couple punches and then move out of the way like none would land with enough significance that either one would drop so it was kind of hard to even tell who won that fight you could you know fucking flip a coin and you would probably probably get a better just decision than what we actually got with but I think that's going to be the difference here for Siri Kondo, I think that, um, I, I I think that her lack of urgency, uh, and her ability to just fucking, you know, her ability to, uh, get into some of these firefights, but think that she's actually winning them when she may not. I think that's where Ashley Yoder is going to have the actual, um, advantage. I think that Ashley Yoder is going to, you know stick and move she's gonna land the harder strikes and if this fight does it find somehow find its way on the ground i think that she has the advantage over condo as well um I, i'm not sold on condo you know it's interesting how she got all of her wins to even get into the ufc and remain undefeated which she was uh but i think that she's coming up with a pretty tough test uh with ashley yoder here um you know yoder is sitting at 
minus 110 is probably the best you can get on her. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Yoder here by decision. I think that she'll find these situations where she gets it into a grappling exchange and she gets the better positions, uh, maybe even gets like into threatening positions with the back mount. Uh, but I think she's going to have a lot of success on the feet, the more visible effect as well. Because again, Kondo throws with these weird shots where it doesn't look like she's landing or she's probably not even landing. But just her forward moving ability is probably why she won that fucking Chan Mi Jion fight. Uh, but I think that Yoder is going to have her... Uh, punches look more effective and again if it gets into any type of grappling uh, type of thing uh, I think that Yoda will have the advantage um, one interesting note about Siri Kondo's fight against Zhao Nan Yan uh, Yan actually went for a takedown in the second round but after looking at it it wasn't much of a take like she tried a very you know half-hearted trip and uh, I think they counted that as a takedown attempt so I wouldn't look too much into her 100% takedown defense so uh, yeah we, her her grappling hasn't really been tested, uh, but I think we will see it tested here against Ashley Yoder. Uh, and I think if it does get tested, Ashley Yoder will have the better of those exchanges as well. So I'm going to take Yoder by decision, and it might actually be a possible bet for me too if it stays around the pick and mark. <clears throat> All right, next up we got Alessio Di Chirico against Kevin Holland. Starting off with Di Chirico, he's on a two-fight winning streak where he won a split decision over Julian Marquez, and then before that he had knocked out Kev uh, Oluwale Bomboche uh, way back in December of 2017. And the Julian Marquez fight, uh, I, I thought it was more of a... Uh, I thought it was a more clear-cut decision for uh, Di Chirico. Chirico uh, or Chirico? I'm going to go with Chirico. Um he was landing heavy fucking uh, leg kicks against Julio Marquez, uh, especially to the torso. Uh, I love that he continuously implemented that into his game plan, uh, throwing it consistently. And you could see within the first couple minutes that Julio Marquez's body was already starting to show some redness. Uh, I think that's going to be very important for him in a fight against Kevin Holland here. But that also does give Kevin Holland the option to take this fight to the ground if he wants to, especially with the with the the, the ability to to grab a leg. Um, and then try to go for the takedown because there were a couple times where Chirico left his leg out there, uh, but uh, Marquez was not able to c completely capitalize on it. So I, I like, I like the um, <laughs> we have a little bit of a dog fight going on upstairs. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's a there's a dog dog party going on up there that uh, my boy Big Rob just got into. But anyway, uh, D Chirico. Um, yeah, I think he's going to find himself in some trouble here. I think that Kevin Holland might be able to get, uh, you know, he might be able to find himself in top top mount here. I think he could uh, uh, get this fight to the ground, and I think he'll have some fun with DiCherico. I was initially interested with DiCherico, just as I was with Matt Wyman at the beginning of the week, um, you know, but with DiCherico plus 190-ish, plus 185-ish, I don't know. I, this fight's probably going to be a pass for me. I like Kevin Holland here, but it's hard to trust a guy that's so wild and, you know, sometimes accepting of bad positions. But I don't think we'll find him in a bad position here. And I think he's good enough on the feet to hold his own against Dietrico. And he will minimize any type of the body kicks uh, and probably even capitalize on the body kicks. Maybe catch them and turn them into a takedown. So I think well, this fight will eventually show us Kevin Holland's ground game, which a lot of people were impressed by in his fight against Gerald Mearshart, myself included. Uh, so I think this is going to be, uh, you know, a submission victory for Kevin Holland probably in the second round. Uh, 
But uh, I wouldn't be mad at seeing somebody take a, under, an underdog shot at DiCirico. Am I? Nah. <laughs> I'm not going to take an underdog shot at him. Next up, we got Andrea Lee against Montana De La Rosa. You want to talk about an underdog? This is probably the one. <laughs> uh, Montana De La Rosa currently sitting around minus, or sorry, plus one eighty-five. I I really like her, man. I she's she's had so she lost in the Ultimate Fighter House to Nico Montano, who is probably completely understand the better grappler. Um, Cynthia Calvillo, better grappler. Mackenzie Dern probably the best grappler that she's fought and then she lost her first two fights so i'm always going to write off the first five or so fights for a, a person to finally get their feet wet in the pro mma game if they even make it past the five fight mark then we can truly see what kind of fighter they're going to potentially turn into and you know in her last three fights montana de la rosa she really showed off her her grappling game uh in her fight against christina marks and against nadia kasem uh not so much in the race to Ostrovich, rachel ostovich fight you know ostovich was trying to go for a takedown i believe it was and then eventually montana ended up on top uh and ended up getting that rear naked choke with 39 29 seconds left in the in the fight um 39 seconds left in the fight uh and then in the nadia kasem fight you know she didn't even make it like she didn't even hide it she wanted to get this fight ground to the to the ground asap uh and try to get the finish um i like her i like her uh i don't want to call it, call it like a tatiana suarez ish vibe but i like her uh ability to dominate these girls in grappling positions and you know i'm not going to say that christina marks and nadia kasem are on the grappling level of an andrea lee but i think that this might be the first real test that we'll get for andrea lee in terms of the grappling world on the feet I got to give the advantage to Andrea Lee. You know, she does a good job with uh, fainting, uh, with her footwork, you know, nice kicks, beautiful punches. I'll definitely give her the notch here in terms of striking so I can understand why she's the favorite. But I think that the grappling is where it's going to get interesting. And, you know, Ashley Evan Smith was able to take down Andrea Lee. Uh, Evan Smith has a decent grappling background. I think De La Rosa has a very good background herself. So I think that we'll probably see her be able to get this fight to the ground. And I want to say that I'd, I would give De La Rosa the the advantage in terms of top control as well so i think that she'll do a better job than ashley evan smith was able to get when she was able to get andrea lee to the ground um so i, I i'm very much intrigued by de la rosa at dog's odds here i want to see if i can get her to plus 200 so i'm going to wait a little bit further into the week uh but uh you know i'm a big fan of andrea lee i think she's very talented you know she's one of the bright lights in that in that division um but uh sorry at that flyweight division but uh, I think that Montana Del Rosa is a very, very live dog here. So I will be taking a poke at her. I'm just trying to maximize my opportunity in terms of the best that I'll be able to get on her. Uh, so I'm going to wait. I'm hoping for at least plus 200. But I'm going to take Montana Del Rosa here by decision. Uh, you know, as long as Del Rosa is successful in getting this fight to the ground, which I believe that she will be, uh, this could be her fight. But on the feet, you know, I believe Andrea Lee is going to have, you know, the definite advantage. So if this fight just stays on the feet for 15 minutes, it's probably not a good fight. So uh, at least not for anybody who's betting Montana De La Rosa. But I'm still taking taking De La Rosa by decision. I'm taking the grappler here. I think she's going to implement her game and uh, she gets a decision victory. Moving on to Bar Brian Barbarina against Randy Brown. I love Barbarina in this position. However, I, it's hard for me to bet him at the, what is he, minus, minus 270-ish right now. I did put on a marker for minus 250, so hopefully I can get that notification soon and I uh, I get um, 
Brian Barbarina at, at better odds. But I do like him here, man. I think that he could definitely win in this fight. Um, I think that he's going to be grittier than Randy Brown. I think that he has the better, uh, uh, you know, he has the more experience. He also has the more, um, uh, I think he has a grappling advantage here too. One thing I found interesting was somebody told me that they believe they gave Randy Brown the advantage in grappling. I absolutely disagree. I think that he is a very talented grappler. I think he his grittiness and his grinding ability is going to be what is going to be the downfall for Randy Brown. Um, and, you know, I think we saw some holes in Randy Brown's game in his past couple fights. You know, this Nico Brown fight, or <laughs> Nico Brown, uh, this Nico Price fight, you know, he was throwing up some decent uh, offensive guard game, but I wasn't impressed with it. I think that Brian Barberena is going to definitely have the advantage here uh, if the fight does hit the ground. And I think that he's going to make it a dirty fight. You know, I don't think that Randy Brown fights well when he's moving backwards, and that's what Brian Barbera is going to make him do. So I'm going with Brian Barberena here by finish. Uh, I'm going to say maybe second round, third round chokeout uh, submission. Uh, I want to play Brian Barberena here really bad, but I don't want to sacrifice, you know, a, a better line. So I'm definitely going to wait it out. Uh, and I won't be completely mad if he continues to go up to a minus 300 or something. Maybe I'll look for a parlay situation at that point. Um, but uh, I do want to play Bar Brian Barbarino. I do think this is his fight to win. Uh, so I'm taking Barbarino by third round submission. Next up, we got the co-main event of the evening. We got John Lineker against Rob Font. John Lineker uh, stepping... You know what? Let me confirm who the fuck Rob Font was actually supposed to fight. Rob Font against Cody Stamen. So... Uh, John Lineker is stepping in uh, for Cody Stamen. A completely different stylistic fight for Rob Font, uh, especially a fight that he's had in the past. So Rob Font and John Lineker initially fought at UFC 198, which is the night that uh, Stipe Miocic took the crown from Fabricio Verdum. That was 2016, May 4th, May 14th, May 14th, 2016. Uh, since then, John Lineker has gone to 4-2, four, four and two. Uh, you know, his only losses are coming to coming against guys that are uh, have better footwork, better movement, uh, and are able to you know mix that movement and footwork with heavy striking. Um, so Rob Font attempted that type of game plan against John Lineker, but was not su successful. Um, you know he he didn't have the good enough he didn't have good enough footwork to get himself off the cage. You know John Lineker was always able to kind of paint him into a corner and then like kind of you know unleashes unleashes brutal shots. Uh, I think it was just too overwhelming for Rob Font. I don't think Rob Font hits as hard or is or is as dynamic as a guy like Corey Sanhagen or T.J. Dillashaw. So I think it's going to be hard for him to try to cook up a victory here. And then even when John Lineker wanted to take this fight to the ground, it's pretty easy for him because Rob Font was always scared of the strikes that were coming towards him. So I think we're going to see a little bit of the same here. I'm very tempted to play John Lineker again as the lock of the night play. He's always been a money train for me against guys like Marlon Vera, Brian Kelleher, uh, and I believe in, even Michael McDonald back in the day I played him. So uh, I like I like John Lineker here. He's minus 190 on Bovada. Uh, I'm going to see. I, I want to see where the line goes. Uh, I hope some people start buying into that Rob Font type and think that they, he can implement the same game as Sandhagen. I, I don't think so. You know, they kind of have a, have a similar game plan but uh, or, or a style, but I think that Corey Sandhagen just implements it so much better, and I think that Rob Font breaks a little bit easier than Corey Sandhagen as well. So I'm taking John Lineker here uh, to win by 
I'm going to take him by decision again. And I think that Rob Fonts does stay on his bicycle. His 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 chin and his uh his 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 cardio is pretty good. But I think that John Lineker is just going to land over and over and over, and we're going to get another John Lineker victory via decision. <sighs> All right, main event time: Hinata Moikano against Korean Zombie uh, Chan Sung Yung. Starting off with Korean Zombie, he hasn't fought since the UFC's 25th anniversary event, uh, which they headlined, and they gave a fucking headlining type of performance. They had a crazy back-and-forth fight for uh, 24 minutes and 59 seconds until Yair Rodriguez threw one of the craziest fucking elbows you'll ever see in uh, UFC history, a backwards elbow landing right on the chin of Chan Sun Jung, who was kind of just going in for the blitz, thought he had the victory there, uh, and unfortunately, you know, costed by by being slightly sloppy in the last second of the fight and then gets knocked out by Yair Rodriguez um you know Chan Sung Young just he, technically he may not be the best striker out there but he definitely put a uh, you know painted a picture on Yair Rodriguez's face uh you know his urgency is to be lacked or or, or sorry to 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 be you know it's I, I don't even know what the word I'm fucking thinking for it's 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 you hope to see a little bit more for uh, from Chan Sung Yung in terms of consistency and output. So you might be seeing if uh, you know a five round fight from him uh, at most points uh, if he is scheduled for five rounds. Um, that's kind of tough for me to say considering he hasn't gone five rounds since he fought Leonard Garcia in 2010. But you you have to expect to be there for five rounds because he's going to go for it regardless. And if you're not going to break, he's probably not going to break until, unless you knock him the fuck out. Uh, so that's going to be tough. Uh, but Hanato Moikano, I think, has a perfect mm-hmm. style to fight a guy like uh, Korean Zombie. So Korean Zombie, in my opinion, needs to get this fight to the ground because I think that's where he'll have uh, the most uh, success in victory. But I think that Hanato Moikano's ground game is really good too. I, I just think that Hanato Moikano is just going to be able to uh, pretty much turn Chan Sung Yung into a punching bag for five rounds. He could pick him apart. He has beautiful Muay Thai technique. He's quick with his strikes. He's in and out. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a Jose Aldo type output from jo- from Chan Sung Yung and, and uh, you know, Moikano get finished in that second round. Uh, I think we'll see a, kind of a classic Honato Moikano f- uh, fight. Maybe a fourth round finish for him where he continues to overwhelm Chan Sung Yung and then eventually put him out. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, Hanato Moikano even make it to the fourth round. You know, the last time we saw him in deep waters against Brian Ortega, he got choked out, uh, you know, with two minutes left to go in the fight in a fight that he was decisively winning. Uh, then again, you know, he did come back and beat Calvin Cater in a five-round decision. Uh, and then he choked out uh, Cub Swanson in the first round right after that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think this is going to be a stand-up fight. It might be like a Yaya Rodriguez, Chan Sung Young type of fight where it's just mainly taking place on the feet. Uh, and I think that we're going to see Hinata Moikano land the better and bigger shots that will, you know, kind of sway the judges even more. Uh, but I'm still going to go with like a later round decision for Hinata, or sorry, finish. Probably, I'm going to say third round, actually. Uh, fourth round, it might be a little bit too far, far into the waters for Moikano, but we'll see where Zombie's able to drag this fight. Um, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Uh, I'm going to take Hanato Moikano by third round TKO. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I don't really have any fights 
uh, or any bets made at this point. Maybe I will after this podcast gets posted, but I hope I've given you guys enough information in terms of who I'm looking at, who I'm leaning on, who's possibly going to be my lock of the night play, if not lock of the night plays, uh, underdog odds uh, that I'm looking at. Um, but I think, you know, this card is scattered with decent opportunities. Uh, I got a little look a little bit more into the props as well, too, because I think there might be some value there. Uh, the one that I really looked at again was uh, Rosenstruck with Inside the Distance, minus 142. I think that's a great line. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much it. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I am I definitely need to give my my man LV a quick shout out. Let me get this guy's fucking Twitter account. <laughs> uh, LW underscore MMA. Probably not. You know what? This one's for you, LV man. I'm doing it for you. One second. Um, where the fuck are my tweets? Where the fuck are my tweets? All right, I can't seem to find it. Oh, all right, at LWMMA underscore. That's what his fucking thing is. At LWMMA. Make sure you give my man a follow. Um, you know, he's a graphic designer. Does a lot of fucking fun shit. Does all the graphic design for me as well. Uh, always holds it down for me. Always comes through. Always does something legit like this. Uh, love the work that he does for me. So make sure you guys follow him at LWMMA underscore. Um, yeah. I don't know if I got much more. I hope you guys enjoyed the story at the beginning about my experience at the Toronto Parade. Uh, the Raptors Parade. Champions. We champions, baby. Yeah. And, uh... I hope you guys enjoy the videos that I post right after this. A couple pictures, maybe a video or two of my experience there before my phone fucking died. Uh, and then let's fucking cash some bets. I'll be back on Friday to record Combat Stories Episode 6 with my man Tony. Uh, super excited for that one. We had some big events that, that we can go over. Um, next three events are free, so make sure you guys check out the website, mmalotn.ca slash picks if you guys want to see the actual picks themselves. Again, if it says TBD, it's TBD. You got to wait for the picks to come out. If they're, if I made no picks, how are there going to be any picks up there? So follow me at mmalotn if you guys want to keep up with where my head's at with most of these bets. Uh, hit me up on there if you guys want to interact at all. I'm always fucking talking to you guys. I love talking to you guys. May not be as social on the timeline, but on the DMs, I'm there. Uh... And yeah, that's that's pretty much about it. Fuck, I keep feeling like I'm missing something. Tape Index, make sure you guys go check that out on Newsom's website, uh, newsommma.co.uk. Go to betting services and you guys can find the Tape Index there. I help him put that together every week so you guys have the quickest guide to gambling on MMA, uh, especially for UFC events. All right, I think that's it. I think I'm done. Goddamn, that was a long episode. But I'm done. All right, I'm out. Peace. Peace.